This is Jason M. And this is Jason K. And this is Context Free. How you doing, man? What have you been playing? I've been doing pretty well. Very tired. Very tired? Probably because I've been playing too many games. <laughs> no, I don't know. What was it, 600 the in the last month? No, that's Seven, not true. 650. That's not true. <laughs> now, I'm not counting. <laughs> How were, would I know? You did count. How would I know? Because you have a database because you're that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So B- I'm one of I'm one of many people that that do that on BGG. Um, BGG tracks stuff for you, or you track your things on BGG. You can track your things, you know. And I'm not one of these people that puts that puts together like meta lists. Meta of, lists. Well, some people put you know like what are the things getting played by the most people. I just track <laughs> my own stuff, so that's that's it. <laughs> no, I had a I had a a super gaming month of November uh, going to BGG Con and just influx of new games, outflux of things that uh, hadn't getting been getting played and i played over 50 different titles which was pretty cool yeah oh my gosh. a lot oh my god but you sold how many did you sell uh i or, think since, trade? since september i've uh i don't know between over 25 somewhere around there that's how many you got rid of how many did you you bring in about 20 25 about 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah stable it, it's stable yeah. hasn't changed a whole lot you don't want your shelves to be bare no but we're getting better at, at you know playing something a few times and and just saying, oh, yep, you can put that on the trade list. And it's like putting a book it down. It's hard for some people. It is. It is hard. Like the book. It yeah. absolutely is. Uh, it's a little bit different because with a book, well, that's not true. Sometimes you read a book and you come back to it and you're like, oh, I really want to hold on to this. I want to give it to somebody or I want to give it to my kid or, yeah. you know, you, you want to have it on your shelf so you can appreciate the spine or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you just want to be like, man, that's a nice spine. Well, don't tell me people who have infinite jest on their shelf. It isn't there. So they can yeah. like say they've read so they can it. Point right? at it. And that's, look, that's why. Look that's at how there. smart I am. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's no, on no. my shelf and I haven't read it. So <laughs> I started it at one point and then I put it down. Right. Um, so no. I, yeah, I put things down and, and games. I'm learning to do that as well. And, and I'm, I'm able to do it by saying, is this doing something that something else can't do or doesn't do better right you now yeah, yeah, yeah so there's this holy grail of the game collection that you know everything has its place yeah, yeah i'll never get there. it also helps you know you're a categorizer so you know you can you, i'm a what a categorizer did i just did i just out you, you just, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know i let your secret go um you you like to label that you like to label me i as like a to label you as a labeler that's right um no but so so you're really good at saying hey you know this is this is this is so much like this other game and this other game's all just a little bit better and that's how I understand the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that with music. I do that with everything. That's it's amazing. Just, it's amazing. Well, it's amazing to me that your brain doesn't work that way. I mean, it probably does. I'm just not smart enough to realize that it does. So I think you're able to <laughs> view the world in a little bit more of a free thinking way than I am. You're not locked into to previous hierarchies of categories that I am. So it's probably a good thing. It's different. So what did you what did you play that you liked? What was what? What do you want to What do you want to talk about? I guess in terms of games, um, you can talk about the ones you hated. You can be like, no, we can just. I can mention those briefly. Things. I play. I got to play StarCraft, the board game, which I totally didn't care for. <laughs> you don't have to mention the ones you don't like. Well, I'll mention what? them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those games where I think you have to play the video game to give a damn about the board game, which yeah. I just didn't. I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. No. um... In terms of stuff I liked, uh, so Keyforge is, I've mentioned yeah, it before. And, and I you have I the cards here. I brought, yeah, I brought a couple decks to show you. So that's kind of the, the new hotness, as they say. Mm. And that is the game that is every single deck that is produced is a unique set of cards. So you know, 
I really didn't understand what you meant by that until you brought them here. Oh, okay. And, tell, and me, so, tell me about what you thought and then what you <laughs> see now. Well, I, I mean, I don't know that it's, it's, it's a particularly deep insight, but I just thought they generated 10,000 cards and, or, or, you know, they had an artist make 10,000 cards with 10,000 different things. And then they, uh, they, you got, got, kind of got a random set, but they literally are procedurally generating like a video game. Just a whole crap ton of cards. No, the cards themselves, the, the, the playable sides of the cards, right. there, there's 370 different cards in the set. 370. Something like that. I, okay. I, I don't know if I have that number exact, 371 or so, somewhere in that neighborhood. So what is procedurally generated about so the cards? What is, so in each deck, there are 36 cards. Mm. And there are, so there's seven different um, factions or houses, okay? And in each deck, you get three of those factions. House Harkonnen, House Atreides. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you get, you get three of those, <laughs> and you get 12 of each faction, so you get 36 cards, okay? So that combination of cards, sometimes you might okay. get three of the same, you know, it's, so the exact combination of cards in this deck that I'm holding here in my hand is supposedly not duplicated in any other deck that has been or will be produced. So it's still, it's still the combination. There's nothing the combination. procedurally generated on the cards. So on the cards, the part oh. that's procedurally generated is the backs of the cards, which are the non-playable side of the card. That has a procedurally generated um, uh, like icon or avatar right. thing. And then the name of the deck is printed on each card. Uh, so the, the decks I have here, I have... And that's, uh, that's, the whole deck looks like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So all 36 oh, okay. cards. Oh, okay. Right? So in this case, I have Hrothgar, the Specialist of Amkirk. So okay. Every, so every card in there is that. I That's have... literally the back of all of the cards in one deck. Exactly. Yeah. So I... <laughs> yep. So, you know, unless you were to sleeve them, you know, to put them in some sort of opaque sleeves, right. there's no way you're going to be able to interchange because it would be obvious right. by the backs. But it's intended that you play these together. And so it's it's... Created by Richard Garfield, who's creator of Magic the Gathering, okay. creator of you know other games like King of Tokyo and Robo Rally, um, Android Netrunner. So I mean, his two biggest things that oh, most that, people Netrunner, okay. yeah, it'd be Android Netrunner and Magic the Gathering. And uh, he actually just came out with a new thing. He just partnered with Valve to make huh. to make a card game on Steam. It's called The Artifact. Oh, I just saw that on Steam. I didn't. Yeah, so that's also it, that's yeah. also Richard Garfield. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I mean, Richard Garfield's kind of at that level of name of like, you know, Sid Meier, right. Of mm. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it's meaningful. I mean, you invented magic, the gathering and he doesn't need much more than that to make right. an impact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so he, he invented this game. And so what it's trying to do is it's, I think it's appealing to people who like, you know, that's the type of like deck dueling game, right. It's meant to be played where I have a deck and you have a deck, but the things that, you know, I played magic for years. The thing that turns people off for magic is, and some people like this part, but turned me off is like having to construct the decks, having to go and pay money to find a certain card that goes into my deck. Oh. And that whole thing of, you know, these are the decks that are doing well. So therefore, if you want to replicate that, you need to go get those exact cards. So you're saying you're not a hunter gatherer to put in, to put in your deck this way. You just buy it, you play it. You're good. The other thing that's, that's nice about it is in games like magic, you can't always play all the cards in your hand because you need to have mana and you need, you need a certain combination of draw. You can have a good draw or a bad draw. Mm. And sometimes you're just like, you know, damn it, I can't do anything. Right. Right. And that's frustrating. And so the way this works, it's very interesting. Like I said, there's three factions in each deck and on your turn, whatever you have in your hand, you choose one of those three factions and you can play as many cards as you want 
of that and activate, but that's all you can do on mm. your turn. So you're kind of always making this choice of, do I want to use the cards that I have out there that are maybe from faction A, or do I want to play more cards out there that are from faction B and, you, you know, making that choice, but you can play whatever you want. There's never a situation where you have a card in your hand and you can't play it. It's pretty cool. Got it. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's, uh, you know, my, my wife had never gotten into magic. So, I mean, that was something I always just played with my friends. She's been enjoying playing this, which is, which is cool. What is she? So she doesn't usually like these sort of kind of direct versus games. Right. right? right. So what is it, what is it about this kind of card fencing game that card she likes? Fencing, that's good. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it a bit and I think there's two things that she identified. Uh, the first is in most deck sort of deck fencing games, deck dueling games, um, you have a life total and you're trying to beat down the other person's life total. Mm. So in magic, you start at 20, I start at 20 and whoever, if I get you yeah. down to zero, I win the game. Effectively hit points. It's effectively hit points. Right. And in this game, it is not about that. You are forging keys. It's called key forge. So to win this game, you forge three keys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to forge a key, you need to have six Amber. So, and you can only forge one key a turn. So basically you need six widgets to create a super widget. And if you get three super widgets, you win the game. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's. And you're trying to break the other person's widgets or. Uh, you, you can steal some of their widgets, some of their amber, right? <laughs> you, um, but once they have a key, you can't take their key away from them. Gotcha. Right. It's like, it, think of it as like a checkpoint Vic- to victory. Victory points don't go down. Uh, the victory checkpoints don't victory go down. Checkpoints don't yeah. Go down. So think of it as like getting to 18, but once you hit six and you turn those in on your beginning of your turn. Got it. You, as far as I know, you can't lose those. Um, there's no way to destroy those. So. That fact of you're building something up, I mean, it seems kind of minor, hmm. right? I mean, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's just flipping it around. But there's, a, there's an appeal to people who like to build things in games as opposed to destroying things in games mm-hmm. that it's a little bit more appealing. So there's that. And it's hard to do. What's that? It's hard to make. I, I feel like destroying things in, especially video games, but right. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to make games where that cons- kind of creation aspect is, is, a, is a part of the game. Yep. And then I think the other... Um, part is, is that it, it takes away, it strips away a lot of the complexity and a lot of the digital games have done this to make it easier to play asynchronously Mm. taking away, you know, magic is very, very much, uh, built around the timing rules that are complex in Mm -hmm. magic of like, you know, I do this and then you can do something in response and you can have all of this complexity that can be, that's always made digital magic games hard to deal with because it's like, when is the other person done? How do I interrupt them? Et cetera. This is much more, I go, I take my turn, and then you go. And it's, it's, you can almost feel it as a, as a, like a take your turn asynchronous style video game. And it just makes it a lot easier for, for someone because, you know, you don't have to worry about like doing something at the right time. You could just kind of play, look for the combos in your hand, play it out. And it's, and it's just simpler, but there's still enough going on. There's still enough variety that I think it's still interesting to a lot of people who who like you know all the little bells and whistles and complexity and and things in their games like I do so okay does it does that uh, does playing with the same decks over and over again is that is that rewarding or is that is it so that's a, yeah that's a good question so I started off we just had two decks and we were playing against playing them against each other and it became pretty clear after about six plays or so that if you played the one deck correctly you know quote unquote mm-hmm. at least the way we thought it should be played that it would always win. Right. It seemed like it was always winning. Um, and so I, I got four more. So the decks are retailing, I think, for eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine, right. so about nine, ten bucks. And like I said, they're self contained. You don't 
it's not like you're buying random packs or anything like that. It's like you buy this, you can play. Like if you went out to the store now and got one, we could play, you know, your deck against my deck. Um, they get, they get, um, it's nice to have that variety. So having six now, I think we'll be able to kind of play them off each other and get a lot more longevity than, than we would with just two. So that, that, that brought up something that I was talking about with some other folks recently, um, which is relevant. I'll make it relevant in a second. Loot boxes. So ah, then we, <laughs> we had a brief conversation over, over chat um, about how, um, you know, the FTC or whoever is like, we need to regulate loot boxes in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this long conversation with someone else and he was like, well, you know, that's because of video games. And he, he had all these kind of economic rationales. And I was like, but what about magic? Like the whole point of, of, or even baseball cards, right? And like mm-hmm. the whole point of these, the, like they're loot boxes. Like you, you buy a. So it became that. So one thing, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying like, if you go back to, when Garfield invented magic, mm-hmm. he, in, he, he had something of a similar size. I said this was like 370 or 360 cards. Right. The original alpha and beta sets of magic were, I don't know what the numbers were, but a, f- a few hundred cards. Mm-hmm. And his intent with magic originally was, oh, you'd, you'd get this starter, you'd get this random distribution of cards, of these cards out of the 360 that I invented, and you'd play each other, and you'd play for Annie and maybe trade them back and forth between each other, and, and that would be it. Then it became this rare chasing phenomenon mm-hmm. of you know controlling what's controlling the market and what's out there and so as conceived it was not that so i feel like this is almost like garfield striking back and being like you know no i'm going to i'm going to make something that you cannot twist into <laughs> uh into that although obviously it's still a twisted into pay 899 to get another deck yeah <laughs> right? i mean that's not that much though for a full for a full deck. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like I I've seen, so I used right. to work, I used to work right. in bookstores in my, in my youth. Uh, and when we would get deliveries, there would be a line outside the bookstore of the magic people. Really? <laughs> yeah. What yeah, year yeah. was this around? Uh, 90, I don't think I ever heard this story. 93, 94. Oh, so this is, this is right when it started. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's 95, 96, but okay. it was, it was in the mid nineties. Okay. Um, and I, I worked in a lot of bookstores because that's where I could get a job. Um, but, but like literally there would be like lines of people that would sure swoop down on, on two things, beanie babies and magic cards. Like was, this is before web pre-order days. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. had to go. Yeah. Physically stand yeah. outside a store. Beanie and, babies. And really, <laughs> I know somebody who funded living in Scotland for a year on beanie babies, but it's in a whole nother conversation. Not surprised. Um, so what else have you been playing other than. Other than Keyforge? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, you got a giant list of things. I do have a giant list. <laughs> So I've actually been playing, this is not exciting, but we've been playing a lot of cribbage, which (laughs) I just, I never knew how to play this game and I would see it referred to here and there. And I'm like, I should go learn how to play cribbage. Is it fun? It's really fun. I went on, I went on, I went on to, no, (laughs) it's kind of a, you know, grandma, grandpa game. I mean, but it's cool. I mean, apparently I did not know this. Um, Cribbage is the one game in, in Britain, apparently that is legal to gamble on in a public house. So you can go to a pub. I'm gambling. Cribbage. Well, I mean, I think there's a limit or whatever, but yeah, but it's, you know, um, so you like, you gamble on like other people, you're like I'm betting on Jason's going to win this. No, no, no. You and I, you and I go, we ask, you the, we up. ask the barkeep, you know, can we borrow the, your deck and cribbage board? Right. right. And then we, and then we play and you play for whatever. And there's like a little peg race, right? Isn't that the peg race? That's thing? the score keeping. Yeah. yeah. It's this, it's this thing that, that goes around. You play to 121 points, right? 
Um, We're describing cribbage. Yeah, I'm describing cribbage. But 121 <laughs> points, and it's really fun. I don't know. Just been having a lot of fun. I won't spend so, a lot of time in so, cribbage. But why, but why is it an old person's game, I guess? This is, is it just, it's just. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's an old person's game. There, it, so when I, there's a couple interesting things. I'm not going to talk about like how to play cribbage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. a couple things that I do want to mention. Um, and, and when I went to go find out how to play, because I just went to YouTube, watched a video, right? And the video I watched was someone teaching how to play three-handed cribbage. We've only been playing uh, two-handed, but it led me to this uh, site that had all of these uh, North American regional sort of game mm-hmm. game dialects, right? Like people in Wisconsin play sheep's head and, you know, people in this right. area play euchre and people play, you know, people in this town in Illinois play this variant of <laughs> whatever, where, you know, the queen instead of the king, I mean, all these like, yeah. it's almost like language where each little town has its, has its dialect of, of how they play a game. And, you know, this is, this is the type of thing that wouldn't really happen today, but kind of going you know, back when people would have their community centers or their, you know, whatever, they'd kind right. of all, they'd all yeah, get yeah. together. Backgammon. Backgammon, back et cetera. And they'd yeah. get together and they'd have their own little rules. So the, the, and what this goes with, the other interesting point I want to, I want to bring about this, and I think other games have this, is Cribbage has its own kind of language of the things you're supposed to say when you do things mm-hmm. that, that Stacy and I have no concept of. So if we were to actually play with someone who's like, hey, do you want to play Cribbage? Like, yes, I know how. <laughs> right, we would play, and I think we would play correctly in terms of the rules. Right, but we would look you like the, you we, don't have the culture. Right, we would look like we were were imitating the language, like you were if you if you learned <laughs> French and you go right. You yeah, took you took yeah. a couple years of French and you go to Paris. It's like they're clearly not you know French. Yeah, like they they learned it, and that's kind of how we are <laughs> with cribbage. Because there's there's nibs. There's all these terms like nibs and knobs and. You know, when the jacks come and, and, and you say, you know, two for this and one for last and just all these little right. bits that we, and we, you don't know the code words, we don't know the code words, but we, we try to imitate it just between us, which is, which is worse. Cause you're, you're doing that Nell thing where you're making up your own little language that no one else will understand. So yes, yeah, we're, Good we're job. absolutely yeah. making our, but what I'm, I, what I'm getting at is I think that this might be how some of those variants of games developed arise. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. somebody visited another town, mm-hmm. they played this, they came mm-hmm. back, they like misremembered which card is supposed to be played. And then all of a sudden, well, they oh. lost and they were like, we're going to play it this way now. <laughs> exactly. They're like, I don't like that rule. Right. And someone comes up with their own variant house rule and, and that's how they play. And I, I love that type of like organic stuff in games. Like, I think it's fun to, to play something. I mean, some people don't believe in this at all. They, they believe in sort of the, you know, the, the rule book, the designer, like they, these things, these are like tablets handed down, you know, from the mountain. <laughs> this is how the game should be played. Right. Um, and I think for a lot of modern games, that is true that, you know, there has been a lot of time putting into playtesting, whatever, but that doesn't mean that you can't view game pieces and, and things as a system that can organically become your own. Well, it matters what your purpose is, right? So, yeah. I got, I got, when I first got out of school in one of the interviews, this is terrible, but I got asked, like, should people go get PhDs, right? Or master's degrees, okay. right? And, and I, I think, what do you mean should? I don't know what that is. Right, means. exactly. And I was like, that was, that was my, I'm like, well, do you want to teach, right? Like, do you want to teach in a school? Then you should probably get a master's degree or a, a PhD, right? Hmm. Do you want to work and okay. turn away in code? Then you should do this. So, and it's the same with games. 
do you want to be competitive in a chess competition? Well, then you should play chess the way that people play chess. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But do you want to have a good time with your family? Then you can make a. Oh, there's, there's hundreds just, of chess variants. Right. right? It's yeah. just pieces of wood on a piece of cardboard, right? Like you can, you right. can do whatever you want. And it's, what is your goal and what you're trying to accomplish? And people have trouble with people having different goals in the world. It's, it's hard. It's a complicated. I mean, and it also depends. Is your goal, like you said, play a chess competition. Is your goal to play with people you don't know, even if it's not a tournament? Yeah. Well, then you should probably learn the rules as written. Yeah. So that you're not going to have an argument the entire time you right. play. Like right. if, if you're going to develop your own community and I mean, that's what happened with games like magic, right? People <laughs> got cards, all sorts of formats uh, emerged because people were like, oh, well, there's sort of the official way to play. But you have you had all you know you had commander and cube draft you had all these sorts of different formats that emerged because people were like oh well I have all these cards and I'm not just going to follow the pack and just buy new things because they want me to buy new things I'm going to find ways to use the thousands of cards I already have right right in a, yeah. in, a, in a creative way well so th the reason why I ask why it's an old person's game right you use a regular card deck first of all right like it's yep. not special which cards. I recently learned is is the French deck no oh, well as well, opposed as opposed to the the weight deck from no, but like the, the what we think of with the fifty-two cards with the yeah, with the Jack Queen the King French Court deck. is like the French, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was making, yeah, but a regular set of playing cards. Yep, fifty-two. Yeah, Jack Queen. So I got invited to a poker game the other night, oh, yeah? and I didn't go because I don't, I'm not. That's not my thing. Um, have you ever played in a poker game? Um, I have. I played poker just in general. No, have you ever went to like a? I assume it was a hold'em. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever went to something like that? Um, informally, like I've okay. been to casinos and I'm just, I know. No, but not, like, never just with like a group of yeah, work like, coworkers. Like once. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. just not my, not your thing. No. Okay. No. Um, maybe it should be, but it's not. Okay. Um, but I, I'm like, these are all young people. They're all these, these young MMA fighters and jujitsu people. And they're, you know, they're not old. Right. And cribbage is, is a game played with the same card deck. I just think it's funny that. that well, sure. Because I mean. Poker is is as much about the psychology and the aggressiveness and, right. and all of that yeah, yeah. as it is about the cards about, in your hand. It's about winning. It, it's about psychology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a game of psychology, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, what you think old people would be better at? But I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> more experienced at least. I mean, cribbage is a sort of game where, like, you know, you can you like we did this. We just went down to the abbey and yeah, yeah. and brought our board and Play played cribbage. played at the bar. Yeah, right. Because it's you know, you can kind of blend in because you're not, you know, sitting there with weird fantasy cards. You don't, you don't have you your, your D20. No, yeah, one's, yeah. no one's judging you with your yeah, D20. No, one, no one's judging you. Just, I mean, actually, they're like, ooh, that look, what's, you know, they're like, I've seen that before. What is that? <laughs> you know? They're like, oh, it's cribbage. Like, ooh, I've heard of that. <laughs> um, but it's, you can have a conversation. You're not, it's, it's got a bit of that. You know, you've probably played hearts or spades or. We used to play euchre. Yeah, or euchre. Yeah. Euchre is like the same sort of thing where the games have a certain amount of, of rote, um, tactics to them mm. where, where you're usually not, I mean, most hands kind of play themselves a bit and occasionally you have to think like, Oh, should I do this or should I do that? But you're not sitting there, you know, concocting a grand strategy around, right. around the game. So you can, you can be distracted, you can be social and it's just got that, that feel your, your brain, you know, is only being used a small portion. So you can still like be a human being and not just an analytical <laughs> computer while you're playing your game, which is sometimes happens with, certain types of games like you you almost can't enjoy the company you're with because you're sitting there with like 8000 numbers in your head 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, me playing any of these complicated games <laughs> where, I, where I stare there, and Jason's like, "Are you? Have you moved yet?" And I'm like, "No," because I don't know what my name is. <laughs> my brain's not working. <laughs> Speaking of which, we played uh, Battle War, ba- ba- Battle Lore, Battle Lore, Epic Battle Lore. Is that the full name? Battle Lore. Epic? Well, no, we played we played Battle Lore. It but was we, Epic? No, we played the <laughs> Epic add-on, right? With the bigger board. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, you can play there are four people. Well, you can play Epic one on one, just play with the bigger board, right? Right, it's basically a double sized board. Mm-hmm. But we played Epic two v two. Yeah. So thank you for setting it up, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of setup. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I I seriously thought that was that was one of the most fun games I played all month. Oh really? I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a blast. Okay. I mean, because I don't get the opportunity to play that type of a thing. So talk about but what was it? Yeah. Oh geez. Um your so I'm gonna use dick. the wrong words. So it's it's uh it's kind of miniatures on hexes, right? So yep. uh and there are a lot of hexes and a lot of miniatures. Yep, there is. Um and there so we, when we all showed unpainted, up, sadly. unpainted, yeah, and we judged Jason the whole time. He's uh insufficiently <laughs> he's too nerdy in some ways and not nerdy enough in others. I didn't paint hundred and eighty <laughs> pieces of plastic <laughs> for a three hour game. I'm still judging you. Um so when I showed up, there were two battle lines, uh, and there were a whole bunch of banners and, and different characters of different, I guess there were dwarves and not orcs. Mostly humans. I mean, Mostly humans. You, you guys had some yeah, yeah, yeah. goblins on your side. With goblins. That's what I was going to say, orcs. Yeah. Um, and then we had, you know, infantry, mm-hmm. cavalry, and uh, archers, right? More or less, yeah. Yeah, and you had, you had a, not a ballista, you had, uh, 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 what's the... We had a crossbow. Crossbow. Those yep. the, the words are failing me today. Um, yeah. So we had two lines, and it was just you know managing managing battlefield combat and mm-hmm. um, kind of the tactics of supporting trying, your troops. Yeah, and, the line yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of stuff. So like you, there was a support mechanic, right? Like yep. you, you you get certain advantages from having people adjacent, adjacent, and actually in in line, and yeah, keep from retreating and all that. So I'm curious what your um, it seemed like you had what a my good, strategy. No, was. no, 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 no. I, you seem to get a pretty good time, which I was really happy about. Right? Oh, okay. Because sometimes I'll introduce something. that seems like it's kind of a miserable time for you. <laughs> like you're just like, Oh, when can this be over? But it seemed like you had a pretty good time. So that was good. But when you kind of saw the whole thing set up and walking in compared to once you played, were you like, Oh, this wasn't so bad or. Yeah, a little bit. I still would never want to put it together for myself. Like I well, would sure. my mind. But you would play if I set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would play it if you set it up. Yeah. Um Yeah, that that sort of battlefield tactic thing is it's interesting to me, mm-hmm. right? From a kind of historical like I I I read a lot of um kind of uh war theory stuff as a kid, um, from Sun Tzu to Carl von Clausewitz and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. So um it's interesting to me. It's not something I would get myself and, no, and, and no, play ever. Sure. Um, but that, that's sort of like, you know, it's, you know. it's still pretty light, right? I mean, you, you have, yeah. have constraints. Well, I mean, it's, it's fairly light. You have constraints. Uh, like you, you can only move certain units. Um, and then, you know, you roll the dice. There's still a lot of randomness going on. Yeah. So the, the thing that wasn't light, but was solved by the fact that you would just tell me, um, and there was a little board that if I stared at it long enough, I could find the numbers was, you know, each there, there, you know, you have three different races, you have three different kinds of, you know, well, you uh, had, you, you had the, the cavalry, the footmen and, right. and archers. And then, and then you have three colors. So there's heavy, medium, light. Right. So, <laughs> so you have, um, three different dimensions where the, to figure out your numeric stuff and, and, and everything. And, 
that that's that's the only thing that I was like, okay, what happens now? And then right. you would tell me. <laughs> sure. You guys still won. You had a brilliant mounted charge that kind of brilliant wrecked our line right up the middle. Pretty bad. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a yeah cavalry charge, but successful. And and like I even was, though all of our cavalry died, but we well, still you took out more than you. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They were valiant in their attack, but yeah, exactly. I and and that game is so that's that designer is Richard Borg. Who who cr- created that game? Mm-hmm. He that is sort of the, those style of games. They're called like Command and Colors. Is, is all Richard Borg's stuff. So Memoir Forty Four is in this family. Battle Lore, and then there's Command and Colors Ancients, which is like you know uh, Roman, Greek, Carthaginian style stuff. But but all the you know then there's Napoleonics. All of those things, all of those games are the same kind of DNA. Right. It's yeah. the, the same thing of what you did of like, I have a hand of cards and it's either going to be some tactic card that lets me do something fancy and special, or it's going to say, move this number of guys on the left, the center or the right. Right. I mean, all of them do that and then roll some dice and guys run away or I kill some guys and, and I, and I win if I defeat so many units. Right. right so right, right. And, and those games are infinitely expandable, infinite playgrounds of make your own <laughs> scenarios of stuff and you know, they're just, they're just kind of fun to, to line up. And I really enjoy that, that style of, you know, war game. Of course, like, you know, people who are like really get into the con sim stuff will be, you know, conflict simulation stuff right. will be, They'll you know, be like, oh, that's the, not a war game yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, whatever, there's guys on hexes and you're rolling dice and sending orders to guys to <laughs> war game to me. Um, and I think they're, I think they're a lot of fun. I mean, Stacy's has, we've played Memoir 44, which is super light. Um, you know, battle or is, is a good time. And, uh, yeah, the two V two was, was really cool because just getting to share cards and kind of share strategy with someone was, was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that probably was good for us too, in a, in a com in a, in a competitive and yet co-op sort of way. So we could, right. um, share we, the win, share I, the I, loss. Yeah. So we, we randomized who was on which side. Right. So, um, uh, we did, I, I think, I think, um, we were kind of the less experienced side. I mean, you know, in, sure. In some dimension. In some dimension, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that co-op aspect mm-hmm. made us a lot better. And I think mm-hmm. th- that makes those sort of games a little bit better because you're <laughs> you're a little bit bumbling, at least I am. Um, yeah, but, it, but you can talk up. through it, yep. right, with your, with, with, with your partner. With your partner, with your words. Yep. Um, and it kind of helps you actually have a, some semblance of a strategy. Yeah. The so. thing I, I enjoyed the most in that that I thought was just interesting from game design of, of the way they did the 2v2, because it could have been like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's two versus two, but if one guy just wants to dominate the whole thing, then you can move the other guy's pieces, et cetera, was that alliance system mm-hmm. where you could move your own pieces for basically one order, but if you wanted to move your partner's pieces, that cost you two orders. So you know, we obviously all did that all the time, but it also made sense for you to move your own guys yeah. in some way. And I thought that that economy of action was, was just super interesting. It was, well, it was fun. yeah. It, creating incentives for less coordination and well, just not that out al- to D kind of alpha gamerify mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Right. Like I know what we should do. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was a good group and yeah, it worked to, out. to be clear that didn't happen, but, but, but that mechanic seemed like a nice, nice addition. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So we followed that up <laughs> with I need you to say it. I need you to say, All right, no, no, I'll, I'll, no all wait, wait, wait. Um Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space, which I loved 
mainly because of the name <laughs> because the name is so on the nose um but i was really i i uh i was a little dubious initially with kind of the minimalism of it but then i, I really liked it um minimalism i i don't know minimalism for me isn't a negative and for some people it's a pejorative term but it there's not a whole lot to the game right it's a pretty pure game yeah. what i call a pure game or yeah, yeah. not me but what's kind of would be known as a pure game right <laughs> there's not a lot of window dressing to add on so in this game we played four person i think it would probably be better with six i just feel like there'd be a little bit more uncertainty right with that so we played with four the way that it works, it's probably going to always be best with an even number of people to not uh, mm-hmm. unbalance it. And so everybody randomly gets a role. You're either a human or you're an alien. And you have this uh, dry erase flipboard. And this flipboard has different uh, ships or different sectors of a ship. Or I- I'm not actually sure. But basically the, what's on there is different hex designs mm-hmm. where every single hex has a coordinate designation You know, from A1 to k15 or you know some of them are really small the one we played on which i thought in retrospect was odd that they suggest that as the intro one because it was so, so big. big yeah i thought, I thought I, everyone did really well though I, thought, I just thought that it would be better to play your first game on something smaller so that you could get the hang of it and then play again okay that, that was i think I, smaller would be harder right yeah it would be yeah. it would be harder so um two people are aliens two people are humans nobody knows who's who's what. So unlike a werewolf game or the resistance or something where you at least know, you know, one side knows who their co-conspirators are in this game. You have, nobody has any idea who anyone else is until certain actions are taken. Right. So, um, and the human's goal in this game is to get to one of the escape pods, uh, that is on the ship that's on your little dry erase board. And everyone has identical dry erase boards. Mm. And the alien's goal is to eat all the humans. So you're escaping from the aliens in outer space. So there you have it. And on your turn, the humans can move one space. The aliens can move one or two. And so you, you secretly track. And this is very much an honor system game. Like if you were like, someone's like, what happens when people cheat? And they're like, well, stop, stop playing the game with assholes. I mean, like, why are you playing the game with people who cheat? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But you have to, if you're playing this for money, you're doing it wrong. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Exactly. So you write down where you are keeping track and then you draw a card sometimes uh, and you either, the card either is going to tell you, to, you don't have to say anything. The card will tell you have to be truthful as to your actual coordinate, or the card will tell you that you can lie mm. as to where you are. Mm. So you're, you know, you have all these different things that you're trying to keep track of where other people are. You're trying to keep track of where you are, as well as where you're faking where you are, you know, and you have all these different things going on. And until an alien actually attacks it's kind of hard to guess who's who because you might be able to guess where they like suggest they're going. Yeah. Well, but so, it's, it's just a hidden movement. It like takes Fury of Dracula, strips out all the stuff and makes everybody chase everybody else. Kind right. Of. Well, so they're, they're cards, right? And they're, they're different kinds of spaces that you can move into. And, and the result is you may have to announce where you are right. or, or lie about where you are. Um, and so also the aliens can move twice as fast right right so the other the other thing that you can do is maybe if they're not lying the entire time and you can tell that they're moving farther you can you can infer sometimes ah, um i was an alien i i noticed yeah <laughs> who <laughs> killed did I you kill try. me who killed me i was it you i think mike got you in the did, end did i was after you i mean i knew where yeah, you were yeah you, yeah yeah i did not do so well but it was really i i, I like i like the idea of this game a lot like yeah. it um 
I don't know. The the it just reminds me of the first Alien movie. Maybe that's what it is. Um, and there is art on the cards, um, but it's very minimal, mm-hmm. and it's I kind of like it. Kind of like I I like this game a lot just in yeah. concept. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's not it's not really a party game, but it no. but it it has that sort of. It it kind of reminds me. I've talked about Captain Sonar before, right? The mm-hmm. one where you're the the each side is the submarines, mm-hmm. right? Which is also not a party game, mm-hmm. but they both have this aspect of something you can play when you have a slightly larger group of, you know, gamers and something that keeps everybody involved constantly. Like this is not a game that you that you can just like go check your phone while you're playing. Right. Like you have to be you have to be on the ball. You have to be on the ball. Or you're going to get your face eaten. Exactly. Or <laughs> or the humans are going to get away and you're not going to get your lunch and that's no good either. You're going to be hungry. So I think that's that's often what is tricky when you get up into games with, you know, six, seven, eight players is how to keep everyone engaged in what's going on and not mm. having side conversations and right, we've talked about this. The game length needs to be relatively short. And you need to have a way so that everyone needs to pay attention in order to, like everyone's engaged and wants to know what's going on. Right. And this game, I think this game nails that. Captain Sonar does the same thing. Where like you, you're obviously engaged the whole time because you're tracking the other submarine or or you're calling out, you know, what engines are working or not working. And well, the, so the turns this was tense. It was the cool. turns the turns are fast. Yep. Like so, once you understand the game. Yep. Right. The turns are fast, and you're you're listening to what everyone else. You're paying attention to what everyone else does. Because you're trying to infer things. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have the opportunity to really kind of back away from it, right? Like there's not like whenever I'm playing one of, one of the Euros and I right. take nine minutes on my turn Absolutely. to figure out what to go, do. Oh, it's my turn. Right. Um, so that, that doesn't happen because you, 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 you have to be kind of wrapped to what's going on. And, and it's kind of fast moving in a weird, in a weird sort of way. I th- I think th- this is the style of game that I'm seeing more of, and sometimes they're more successful than others, but that I find myself really in- enjoying, whether it's the mind, right? Or, you know, which I, I think is, is pretty cool, right? But yeah, you, you yeah. have to be in that. Like, you can't be checking your phone playing the mind. Like, that'll never work. Which is an ultra minimal game, but as we, we, we talked about before, it was surprisingly fun. It's surprisingly fun, yeah. right? And And, you know, something like Magic Maze, which is... Maybe not as fun, <laughs> but you also can't be checking your phone right. during that, right? Yeah, someone's going to yell at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not saying that like every game has to be, you know, everyone's in it the whole time, but even things like code names or we played Decrypto, mm-hmm. right? I mean, those games where you need to be paying attention to what the other team or the other players are doing, I, I just find those end up being just a lot more fun at a, at a game night, particularly with people who are not like, I want to be the most efficient Euro game player I can possibly be. <laughs> right. Which is like, that's not your bag. And like, no, right. No, and, that's, and that's not your thing. So I'm happy that there are, are games out there that, that um, pull people in. And, and like you said, don't give you that opportunity to like back away, mm-hmm. you know, because then you can play it for 20, 30 minutes and then you can talk about it rather than it being this whole thing of like, well, Hey, is it my turn? What should I be doing? And, and all that. You yeah, know, which, no, it, it's just cool. So, so I like, um, you know, not to not to bring it back to video games, but but we've established that I like something that you don't like, which is survival horror, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I like it particularly because of the tension, right? I don't like it. I don't like. There's a lot of like, um, kind of ultra gory, like naked people trying to murder you, 
chop your arms off sort of games nowadays okay um not to be too on the nose but but maybe we should call them that like escape from the in outer space will have gory naked people gory naked people trying to chop no, your arms there's off. um was it outlast the, the, one of these games it's just like naked dudes trying to stab you in the head and i'm just like why is this okay like so so that's not what i mean what i mean is things like alien isolation where you're it's just ultra tense right you're 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 kind of creeping along trying to not get trying not to get your face eaten by yeah. an alien yeah. um and so that's that's why that's why i think it's entertaining that you liked it so much um because this is th- that game is my kind of my video game niche uh-huh. right it's it's not it's not the ultra violence or, or anything else it's the tension in a in, in suspense so escape from um, the aliens so so you so you're saying you think it was you it was interesting that I liked it. Um, I mean, it, 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 in that it was a good game, it's not interesting that you liked it. But I, I think it's interesting in that the, the thing that I like about my video games, uh-huh. um, ignoring the narrative uh, aspect, is that level of tension. I liked um, it. I liked it because um, I love it when everybody is engaged and right. having fun. Right, like, right. And, and I could tell that <laughs> maybe not everyone was getting it you know, right off the bat. But by the end, I was like, I think everybody gets this isn't having a pretty good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and that, that for me, as I've said before, is, is the most fun to introduce something that, that I can tell is like, you know, the, the, the people are like having a bit of a aha moment of like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You know? So, it's, it's so, different. Y- so your kind of regular role as host essentially. Yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. Um, was, was kind of the dimension that, that, made that satisfying for you that was certainly a good chunk of what made that satisfying right and and i could see repeating that experience and i also just enjoyed the the process of trying to you know badly pretend i was somewhere else than where i was (laughs) when in reality i'm like well i just need to figure out where these humans are and and you know narrow that down just kind of like use the analytical brain it would have been totally different if i was a human because i would have had to use the deceptive brain right to to you know, figure out, I wouldn't have worried so much about where the aliens were, I don't think. And I would have been trying to figure out, I need to, you know, create my false path of, of where I'm going. Um, of course your plans will probably be foiled eventually. The card will tell you, you have to tell the truth. And then you're like, crud, you know, what do I do? (laughs) Um, no, it's, it's fun. I, I really look forward to playing that again. Like we were saying, I think it'd be fun to play the four of us just to see how it goes. I don't know if, if it'll, be a successful but it was uh it was a good time i liked it i'm glad i'm glad i picked it up um that was one of my uh that was one of my pickups at the con oh really yeah it's a few years old osprey did that printing um like i said i picked it up used for 20 bucks and uh just in the the flea market where i bought and sold gotcha a a ton of stuff that was one of your 25 no i bought i think i (laughs) i think i sold 16 and picked up 14 oh okay i'm just kind of looking through we did get another game of root in Oh yeah, which was positive. Was it different? It was okay. It was, and that it it kind of piqued my interest again. So okay. that was it wasn't the same because you were saying like yes. there's a kind of a consistent. There had been line. sort of a consistent way that games were going, hmm. and this one was surprising, and and that that was that was good. I still feel like more so than almost anything else I own that I really really don't want to sounds terrible but i really don't want to play it and teach it like i want to just play it with people who know it right because the first play f- for people is it's horrible well it 
it's like you you kind of need to play with a hand behind your back or it's it's just that type of thing of of there's so much you have to explain you don't really feel like you're getting to play the game mm. so i don't i don't really want to teach it to someone who i don't suspect would be interested in playing it with me repeatedly because i'm just not sure i want to invest that like i'd almost rather not play i'd rather play something else right it's not it's not that i don't want to teach it it's just that i would rather spend the time that we have doing something else other than that because right. it has to be so instructive that first time but yeah. if i think they'd like it then i would i would i would play it some more um so that was good um there was this other game it's called ginkopolis like ginkgo like ginkgo okay yeah, yeah. um it's not it about of, banking or no it's out of print it's a really sort of the the theme to it is kind of you know some futuristic a city builder with i don't know i have no idea why it has ginkgo in it i really don't <laughs> but this game's out of print and i've been wanting to play it it's it's always on the secondary market for a bunch of money i don't know if it's going to get reprinted probably unlikely and it was my favorite game of the con like i absolutely really? loved this game it was so it's just one of these things where the mechanics were so interesting and it was like a common sort of city builder where you're all playing tiles to the same tableau like you would in carcassonne like that style of of, of game right but but d different because you're also building your own sort of set of powers that you get to do and i'm not going to get into all the, the odds and ends of it or even close but i just had a ton of fun with it and and to me that that getting to play that was one of the reasons why i like going to a con that has a library because it's you you get to seek those things out that are on your like you know grail list of things you want to play and get to play them so that right. was that was pretty cool that was definitely one of the one of the highlights for me um, of the con and then also just getting to play some of the really bizarre stuff. I think you saw a picture I posted on Instagram of that, like Jenga style mm -hmm. it was called fire. Hmm. Um, so there were a couple games we played based on a recommendation from a friend of mine who was like, you guys need to try these games. They're out of print. They're in the library by this company called Theta games. And they're all very physical wood, yeah. you know, like they're, they're not just cardboard. I mean, they're all wood games of, of various sorts. Yeah. Very tactile dexterity ish sort of games. And one was uh, called Fire, and it looks like a, so it's, it's sort of, you know, off of the family tree of Jenga, but instead of blocks that you're pulling out, it's like a, like a, a half elliptical or half cylindrical holder of like fire logs, like you'd have next to a fireplace, mm -hmm. right? Except the logs are all different size, just dowels, hmm. right? So you have like small, medium, and large dowels. And, you know, you can imagine like taking a whole bunch of three different size dowels and a whole... I don't know, 50 of them or whatever, and, and <laughs> dropping them into, you know, this, this holder and how certain ones would be able to be pushed out. Like in Jenga, you know, the right. weight gets distributed so that you can push the blocks out. This game had the same type of thing where you're pushing these dowels out and it's, it's effectively Jenga. It's just, it was one of those things that we, we just had a blast playing it like late at night and yeah. it was really you not know. a lot of rules. To no, you're just like, you know, you're just like, uh -huh. how, are th how, are these, how are these cylinders going to fall when I push this thing out, you know? <laughs> and it's one of those things where we were just, you know, you'd, you'd get it right in the same way when we play the mind and you have those spontaneous moments of, ah, you know, you just scream. <laughs> it was like that. We, we kind of did the same thing. We played another game by the same company called Saturn, which I didn't think was as good. Um, it was like balancing moons on rings around a planet, kind of like this balancing type of thing. <laughs> really strange stuff um you have a bunch of like uh pieces of uh of foam no it was all wood it was all wood it was all wood oh yeah my God. so it's all wood so you have like the center planet and then you have three rings all what? on different uh axes axes and then you, uh, 
each player, their pieces are three different sizes of moons or whatever. Are you trying to keep the planet from flipping over? No, you're trying to keep the rings from hitting the table. So you're, you're basically balancing like three different things. I, you know, it, it had its problems in terms of like, it seemed like the outer ring was really hard to ever not get to hit the table. Sounds like it belongs in a Star Trek, the next generation episode or something. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll pull up a picture for you later. So, but we, uh, we had a good time with that. I mean, overall it was, it was a good time and we played, I don't know, 25 different games over four days. We had a, we had a really fun time. Um, like I said, Ginkopolis was my favorite. We played this other game, Cryptid, which was probably like the disappointment. I know um, it was one of those things where I was really dying to play this, and it just really fell flat for our our group. Um, it's a like a inductive game, mm-hmm. so like you know, a deductive game is you you have stuff and you're trying to figure out what the missing piece is, mm-hmm. right? Based on information from other people, like Clue or you know, Sleuth, etc. With this, there's a there, there's something in a certain place and everybody is providing information by putting their pieces down in places where it can't be based on the bit of information that they have. Hmm. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but it didn't make much sense to us either, which is why I think we were really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I still think this could succeed, but I know I won't get to play it with, um, uh, next year because uh, it, it just wasn't uh, Ryan who he went with just was not a fan. He was like, nope. He was a nope. Yeah, and that's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, we, we all get our opportunities to nope a veto on a game. But, uh, and I'm not going to, it's not like I'm going to go and seek it out again. But if yeah, someone yeah. had it and they were like, I really know. Yeah, someone that enjoyed it. Someone explain, enjoyed it. They could explain yeah. to me like why it's great. <laughs> Because I've heard other people say, oh, yeah, your first few times is just not going to, it's not going to go. And and that's kind of how we felt. We felt like we were just, you right. know, you feel like a rule's wrong. Right. Like we're missing something. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Was, you got to experience the bad part and not the good part. So. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't, the, wasn't the greatest. But yeah. A lot of, a lot of games this month and uh, it's, it's been good. Still have quite a, have quite a pile to uh, get through before the new year. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Like I said, I'm getting better at letting things go. So I'm not just accumulating. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's good. Not been playing much in the way of video games. Nothing, uh-huh. Really nothing new. So I, um, I, I, I probably won't talk in detail about it, but I've been playing uh red dead redemption Two, like half the world apparently. Um, yeah. What was the sales figures? I don't know. They just, they're just rolling around in money. It's um, one of, one of the guys, one of the guys I know said something I thought was pretty insightful. Um, is that it, it's, uh, it's sublime, but maybe it's not fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem fun. Um, there are fun aspects to it, but it's definitely, definitely more of an experience game, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, what have you had a moment that you were, I don't know, kind of blown away either by the world or just, so there, there's, um, there's some things that I, I, um, it made me sad. When my horse died. So I, you get to name your horse. Yep. And then you get to pat your horse when it freaks out. And you get to do all this stuff with your horse. And then I screwed up and my horse died. And was How did sad. it die? What happened? I <laughs> I can't drive. <laughs> apparently. Oh, did you run into a tree no, or something? No, no. Well, so that happens. Um, Why can't you just reload? Because uh, your horse died. And you need to get a new horse. You can't reload? No. There's no reloading? I mean, maybe there is. I'm, I, I, um, You're not playing that way? Uh, no. No. Okay. Um. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I took a wrong turn. I wasn't paying attention. We ran into like a stagecoach or something and my horse got like just flattened and it's like, your horse is dead. So what happens if you, if you die, don't you reload? 
Yeah, you you, oh, reload, so you, do. you lose some money. And... Okay, so so you're just choosing to not reload from a safe. No, scum. no. Well, it it reloads you. Like I've I've never consciously tried to load a but, save in this game. Right? But you like, could I've never have. consciously. Maybe I guess so. Okay. Maybe I I I, I imagine you're correct. Okay, I don't know. Okay. I imagine you are correct that I could go and look at the save history and and do that. But there's so much to this game. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to scrub your right arm, right? Like, <laughs> you, like are you constantly having to save? No, not consciously. No, okay. no. I, I, um, I probably should be. There's, yeah. there's probably 600 things I should be doing in this freaking game. Like I have to cut my hair all the time, and it's like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah, your, your beard, your beard, and your hair grows. Okay, and you get smelly, so you have to take a bath. So you, like, you have to, like, you have to go shave, and you have to go get a haircut, and like. It's pretty preposterous. It's like playing The Sims or something. It is. It is a little bit simmy. Um, and um, like The Sims was like contained all these things that I didn't care. You're like, why is this here? Well, why do I mean? I don't. I want to play a video game to get me away from life, not <laughs> immerse me in it. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't disagree. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple games that are coming out um in the spring but i've been looking forward to this one Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure it's fun um but it's definitely worth playing Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure it's fun um you could probably spend 600 million years playing it are the controls complicated uh like witcher 3 witcher 3 i found is ridiculous yeah which is a little ridiculous ridiculous but um it's it's a little i don't know i don't think so uh, I I forget where things are in the menus. Honestly, it's it's because <laughs> I'm I'm finding that that is becoming the barrier to me playing games. It's not about reimmersing myself in the narrative. It's, it's reimmersing yourself. It's in remembering which the damn controls. Yeah, seriously, it's like that's why just playing. I played Rocket League yesterday, and it's like, oh, it took me you know two minutes to be bad at that again. I mean, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do <laughs> you, this. You were equivalently bad. I was really equivalently quickly. bad within about three games as I was, um, you know, a year ago. So we've talked about this before. I think you have a disadvantage from being like making that migration from being an Xbox person to a PlayStation person. I'm like, not really making that migration. I, having the different consoles is, yeah, it is difficult. Well, just that like Circle, for example, is back in most. So, did I don't know if like, I said this, but <laughs> I was I was saying this out loud, and I'm like. Which button switch? And Stacy's like, well, now you know how I feel with any controller. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, touche. Oh no, I mean, it's, you know, I get yeah, it now. R one, R two, R three. No, I, I L1, absolutely, L2, L3, I absolutely understand because for me, circle, knowing triangle. where hit triangle, hit triangle, up, down, back, back, hit forward. X. And you know, instinctively, <laughs> X is. There's a lot of buttons on a controller nowadays. Like back really in the day, are. you had like two buttons, maybe one. Atari, you had one button. That's that might be why some of the indie games are so appealing. Yeah, because they're simple. They're simple. The control, at least the control sequences are simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Overcooked has literally two buttons. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I holy crap, is that game frustrating? So speaking of simple, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> have you been enjoying? Oh, sorry, have you no. been enjoying Overcooked? Enjoying? I don't think. It, I think you enjoy Again, Overcooked the way you enjoy Magic Maze. Right. You yeah. you want you yell at each other. You yell at each other. Get, 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 make, I, get, get, make a burger. I need a bun. I need a bun. Ah. It is just overcooked. It's great. We play. It we at should. Work. We should play. No. No. We should drink and play. And oh, that should. would be fun. <laughs> speaking of yelling at each other, so I'm glad of, I played it. Well, yeah. No, I. I. Yeah, I'm glad you played it too. I don't think my family's glad. No. About it. <laughs> so speaking of simple games, I uh, I played uh, a couple. I played the top two games in uh, the interactive fiction competition I have comp this year. Um. So I played. Uh, Alias the Magpie by J.J. Guest, which won um, okay. 
first place and they have there's like multiple things so they they also, they also have a miscongeniality competition so first place is uh you can just sign up and you can vote um but if you submit a game to the contest you get to vote in the miscongeniality section of the contest so there's different I don't understand the miscongeniality. What what am I missing? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's I mean, <laughs> you mean the name or just yeah? Why do they call it miscongeniality? Oh, like okay. they, yeah, but they also have a prize called the 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 Golden Banana Discord. Oh, okay. So they better. just have ridiculous prize names. Well, it is it is like a in, interactive fiction competition. Sure. Okay. Like there's a certain level of ridiculousness. So was that the game in. with the the pig or whatever? The pig. You sent me some game. Yeah. Oh yeah, I sent you that game with the pig. Yeah. yeah what yeah. game was that? It was just a random game. I uh, now I'm blanking on it. I forget what I said. I got to go back to that. That was interesting. Did you, did you like the pig? It was weird, but you, it was cool. You I were like the wizard. You were a yeah. you were a wizard sniffer. That was a wizard sniffer game. Yes, and that was maybe that was from last year. I have to go look. It was last year's winner, I think, or last year's something oh, or other. Yeah, it yeah. was. I need to go back to it. I played it for like thirty minutes and whatever. I so I used to. It was interesting. <laughs> I used to play these every year, and I used to work on um, playing around with some of the the development languages. Um, this stuff and so i haven't been into it and so i try i decided i would at least make it make a stab at playing some of the games this year it would be fun to see if anyone's done like an ebook or a self-published thing about this genre yeah i, I have a bunch you of have some you have a bunch. yeah oh, okay yeah, cool. yeah like they have a, i have a i have a second person okay. book i have twisty little passages by nick monfort oh cool. okay have, so there's, this, uh, yeah yeah this is done yeah well no there's people with degrees in linguistics that that submit games to some of these things that are um Anyway, it's a whole. It's not. It's not a revenue. <laughs> no, it's not. A, no, it's a. It's a labor of love. Yeah, type of thing, yeah. For there, sure. there are a lot of people that that put a lot of love in it. Like there were like seventy games or something submitted to this. Like yeah, there's really not cool. a not a small number, um, for the amount of effort. Um, well, it's not a lot different to seeing. You know, obviously with with uh, video game ports of a lot of the popular board games. I mean, th- those happen and there's big publishers making money doing that type of thing. Right. But there's also plenty of people that just work on their, you know, little, little web mods or whatever to implement the game that they like that no one ported. Right. And so people just do that. They're not making any money out of these things, you know, they'll, and they'll have a place mm-hmm. to host it that has like the development tools that lets them do that. And it's kind of like that where, where they can just cr- make an abstract game or something like that. And, you know, basically it's their way of sharing this thing that they've been working on with their little rule set. And it sounds kind of similar. Well, so one of the things that I like about back in the day, one of the things I like about, about these sort of kind of old school games is you, you don't, you're not required to have a whole bunch of people to help you make them right. Like for the most part, you don't hurt. Yeah. And so, uh, the second game I've talked about has some art, has some, has some pretty good music actually. Um, game design for misanthropes. Yeah. But, but well, just, <laughs> well, like if you want to make a, if you want to make a good iOS app these days, like you need to pay, you, you, you need to be pretty special or you need to have, well, seriously, you need to have 20 different skills, right? Like, and, yeah, that's what I mean by special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you can make one of these, one of these interactive fiction games and it can, it can be a winning game without a whole crazy level of stuff so the winning game that won both the the votes from all the judges so people like me that if i wanted to sign up and judge i could judge and and from the people that actually submitted games uh one both was this uh alias the magpie by jj guest um and it was kind of a traditional what i think of a as a traditional interactive fiction kind of game right like what was the setting 
the setting was um, kind of a, a British manor house, and you are okay. you are the magpie. The magpie is a uh, cool. is a kind of what's what's the word like not cat burglar, but like gentleman jewel thief sort of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, the 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 inhabitants. Is, is, what, what's a mountebank? Is that a different thing? Mountebank? Is that a different? I don't know. That sounds very Canadian, the, though. I, I feel like I should know what that word means. This is Mountie. Mountie. <laughs> I think a mountebank is some sort of villainous person, but I, I, that's probably not the right word. I actually had to look up a anyway. number of Britishisms in this game. And I was like, oh, I, sh- I know I should know what this means. Okay. Um, so like Edwardian style, like Ed- Downton Abbey. No, well, no, no, no like 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 uh, like like twenties ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Edwardian? 20s down down nabby was like well it's know. it's in that yeah yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah somewhere there. near there yeah um yeah so the lord and the lady of hemcester who they have it's very silly it's just sure predi- yeah so they have uh they have a crest and on their crest is a bear but it looks like a hamster and everyone pretends it. it's super silly uh, a lot of silly things happen um and they have mistaken you for um at one point, a uh, uh, kind of a psychiatrist, and and well, you're a bird. And no, no, think- no. You're 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 a jewel thief. Oh, you're the jewel thief. Oh, okay. and, and you're the magpie, and you leave a magpie. Oh, the magpie you. is like your your right. That's your, your calling card. Your calling card. Yeah, okay, you, you, I thought you were actually a magpie. No, okay, no, no, got it. Sorry, <laughs> the magpie is the name of the jewel thief. Gotcha. So you leave a magpie, a black and white feather. Ah. Uh, and, okay. you know, the and you said it was traditional. Does that mean like the go north, go? Yeah. Like so north, south, east, north, west, south, that type of thing. Pick okay. up this, do that. Um, more, the more modern ones have uh, a lot of like ask this person about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so slightly more complicated than I think when you think of like the 1981. Yeah. So what made this worth playing? The, the silliness was fun. Yeah. Uh, Good humor. It was well, yeah, it was well built. Um, some, you could, you could interact with most everything. Um, and which, you know, is it's, that takes time. Right? Do you, do you always um, have your notebook and pen when you play these to like map out where you're at? Is that kind of, yeah, required? traditionally, traditionally. Yeah. Right. This, this actually, this game came with a bunch of art. Like, uh, there were some kind of, he made some, or JJ, I think it's, uh, I think it's a guy. I think his name's Jason. Um, but uh, provided some maps, like some basic maps, okay. without everything filled in mm-hmm. of, of the manor house. Yep. Uh, man, man, I can't do a British accent apparently. Mental house. No, nope. try. Nope, no, nope, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> We're gonna leave that in. Mm, probably not. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so it came with a map. But generally, yeah, you want to sit there and have. Well, did you finish it? Notes. Yeah, I. I did, um, but the, one of the things about mostly in the these competition games is they they usually have here are the steps you need to get through. To it's really hard. No, oh. it, it just it would be more time consuming without the steps, right? So I oh, cheated I a little bit to to have the kind of the full experience. Oh, I game. see what you're saying. So and that most, you can see the whole game, they kind of give you some right. pointers. And, and they're kind of meant to be done in two hours. Like I always wonder games. about just general video game reviewers. You know, I mean, these people who do you know the big site reviews that spend 30 hours on a game obviously that's their job and then they go write a thing but when they get stuck there's nowhere for them to google like like where do they go when they can't you know get out of the canyon or whatever i don't i've always wondered about that well maybe they have because they don't have the walkthroughs yet maybe they have a secret or maybe they're just better at it than we are Maybe that's why they're pros. Well, yeah, that's, they, are, <laughs> they are pro reviewers. No, that sounds fun. That one's yeah. I like the setting is appealing. So yeah, no, it's it's it. It was cute. It was fun. It was well done. Cool. Uh, it had some extra art to it. Um, but it was this kind of traditional yep. IF game. Uh, the second place winner 
who got third place in the miscongeniality mm. section of the game uh, was bo- um, Bogey Boogeyman Boogeyman. Uh, is it B O G E Y? Is that Bogey or Bogey? Hmm. I just say Boogeyman. Boogeyman. All right. So uh, was Boogeyman by Elizabeth Smythe or Smith? Smith with a Y. I don't know. Could be either. Smythe. I don't know. That was pretty good. It was uh, what I call a twine game. Hmm. Um, so it was, um, you know, just some text appears on the screen and you have one or one to four kind of things to click on, right? To choose what, what you, What's the twine part? So, oh, so twine is, um, is a kind of a little development framework for, ah. for building sort of, uh, games that you can kind of think of, uh, like, uh, oh, crap. Who's the, the company we just talked about that just went out of business. Um, telltale telltale. So if you think about telltale games, they're these branching narrative mm-hmm. sort of games and you, you kind of, for the most part, it's dialogue trees, right? And twine, which I haven't built, I built in form games. I haven't built anything in twine. Uh, twine, you can build these kind of branching narratives sort of things. And um, it was the the thing that uh, when I talked to Telltale at that uh, at that film thing that I went to, they were like, "Well, our our interview process is you do this and submit us a Twine game, oh, cool. right?" Um, so it's just a website. Mm-hmm. You go to you go to a website. You 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 build the game in the in on the web sort of thing. Um, so this this Boogeyman game is kind of a totally different theme, right? Like you're a you're a child that's been captured by the Boogeyman, hmm. and uh, you're you're waking up. You know, in this creepy house, it's way dark. It's not. It's dark. It doesn't have the same humor. It's super dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of kind of creepy and murder. Pulls you in. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun. I um the twine like I am a purist in the sense of like I mostly want to play <laughs> the north, south, east, west. Ah. You know, pick up the rock and and put it on your head or something. Uh, sort of games, but I had a good subject time. subject verb subject style. verb yeah, subject verb things, yeah. subject verb subject uh, verb maybe object. direct object right. <laughs> <laughs> sort of game um but this this pulled me in and i enjoyed it so cool uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna look up the magpie one that one sounds <clears throat> yeah more interesting number one. yeah 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 it's it's not just as, in terms of setting and the humor and all that um good. something similar that i won't go into too much detail but i played uh, a little bit last month and i need to get back into is the steam game a case of distrust right right um it's kind of noirish it's all you you had the right term what was the term silhouettes it's all silhouettes it's all silhouettes yeah um so it's pretty it's I pretty need, fun. It's need, got a good good soundtrack. Oh, oh, uh, Boogeyman has a good soundtrack though. So there's a soundtrack to a <clears throat> yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they had. Oh yeah yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you there's a whole spectrum. That's not like, that surprising, I suppose. I just didn't. There's a think, little yeah. little bit of art, and there's kind of a theme. So okay. so Boogeyman and A Case of Distrust both have this kind of um, depending on what's happening, there's a different soundtrack playing in the background, mm-hmm. and it's uh kind of minimal. Yeah, I, I'm going to go on a limit. Have you played uh, the 80 Days game, mm-hmm. Around the World in 80 Days? Mm-hmm. So it's based on the Jules Verne, right? Like Around the World in 80 Days. I might have played the beginning of this a while ago. Okay, and so you're... This is not recent. No, yeah, no, yeah. it's probably five years plus uh, in there. But just, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like a glorified IF game, really, because you encounter certain people on the train or on the airship or the mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and you have these little stories and... You know, it's a lot of like getting the objects very graphical, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your, your, uh, whatever, your, uh, Phileas Fogg's, um, Phineas Fogg, his, Phileas, Phileas Fogg and his, uh, his, his man, what I forgot his name, <laughs> his, 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 the Frenchman who's his, his right hand man. I can't think of his name. 
but whatever. You're those two guys. <laughs> you're, you're that you're guy. You're two guys and you're encountering You're trying people. to get around the world in 80 days. Oh, and, that's that's the objective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's on iPad. It's, you know, but if you haven't played, I, I don't think, know. I think I picked this up and then I didn't finish it. Didn't, yeah. It gets a little boring after a while, but it's a cool kind of system. Yeah. So, anyway. Seems fun. kind of made me, made me think of that, so. Cool. What uh, <laughs> what are we what are we what are we gaming next here? I wonder. What are we playing next? Yeah. Are there any? I mean, you're gonna are you gonna finish Red Dead I, Redemption two? I doubt it. Really? I don't oh, wow. know. Well, like, it's gonna take like seventy more hours of my life, wow. right? Like, it, maybe I'm exaggerating. I, I guess I could burn through the main missions and be like, screw it, I'm not gonna do the side stuff. But huh. half the the fun of these sort of things is the side stuff is done so well that okay. like. Um, you kind of don't want to leave it there. Okay. I don't know. I, um, cause I guarantee I'm not going to play. You're not going to play. I'm not going to play 52 titles in December. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that just, what are you looking for? Well, we're going, I mean, we're got going to Chicago. I, oh yeah. We got yeah, like yeah. Christmas party, you know, just kind of, yeah. I mean, we, it's we not do get to play a bunch. Get a well, sometimes it, it can be certainly more so than like June, July with, you know, vacation or whatever, right. you know, going somewhere. Um, you know, there's plenty of snowy days to play stuff, et cetera, but just, I know visiting and things that, you know, being gone a couple weekends will just kind of bite into some of that, yeah, some yeah. of that time. But yeah, like I said, I got, I got a stack of, uh, four or five there's <laughs> that I, I, you know, sort of top of mind that I want to, I want to get to this month and yeah, we'll just, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really have any, I don't think there's any video game that I'm like dying to play right now. I mean, I, you know, I, if I'm going to play anything, I want to get back to playing that, Zelda. We should do that co-op one. Which one? That one that we talked about doing that co-op one. Board uh, game? No, the the Escape from Prison. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, game. yeah. Is that something we can? I don't know. Do well. Yeah, we should look into that. Yeah. Well, I'm so, not, I don't want to subscribe to the PlayStation thing just to play that though. So you might have to come. <laughs> no, over isn't that, that Couch? Isn't that, oh, it's Couch. Okay, I think that's Couch. All right, we should do that. I, if it's not Couch, we should do it. I'll right. put it that way. Well, it should um, be a good. Oh, the gaming oh, what? Never mind. What? I was going to try to guilt you to, to play a certain um, Last of Us game, but I don't think I'm going to succeed. So. <laughs> You're, oh, that's, that's what we should call this podcast. The guilt, the guilt trip of Last of Us. <laughs> when will I play Last of Us? When will, it's the, it's, oh, oh. I just, I just haven't been picking up. No, any, no, any it's, it's fine. I just like giving you shit because it's funny to me. Context Free is a contrarian content production. Find out more information at contextfree.fm along with our show notes. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Find out more about Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com.